This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Billy the Bee Grant, Dave Laney Lane and Gary GP Paul of Besotted. And gents, I gather it was quite a lively weekend. Oh, lively is an understatement, <laughs> actually. You're lucky that I'm, I'm lucky I'm here now, to be quite honest with you. Considering like... there was a strike, Bill, you seem to uh, have had a pretty good weekend <laughs> that's yeah, true indeed. that's true i was like rumple is it rumple stilkson is that the story where somebody sort of kind of sleeps you know sort of kind of for a very long period of time i felt like sleeping for a long time the day afterwards on sunday i was very uh very jaded i think the word is and uh, this is from somebody who doesn't get hangovers and i don't get hangovers but i was very tired very tired <laughs> i'm often very tired on sunday mornings it's weird that and call me old-fashioned but as a football fashion fa- johnny thank you call me old-fashioned but I think of when away fans go to away matches, they're actually being a game of football to watch, which, of course, Brentford fans would have been forgiven for expecting. But when you bought your tickets for the game, you bought your tickets for the train, more importantly, and then you were told the day before that because of all of Bolton's off-field problems, their players were on strike and there wasn't going to be a match to watch. So did you decide to just stay in London? No. Uh, to be quite honest with you, actually, there's probably a, 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 an element of joy, actually, in, in, no, in a strange way when the game's called off. It's one of those things where, again, as a Brentford fan, you have to, uh, you, you try and make the most of whatever the situation is. And the fact is that, you know, as we said, we went up there for the day. We had a bright laugh on the day. And, uh, and, and what you do is you make the most out of the situation. You've spent the money. You want to go for a football match. There is a serious um, a, a, a underlying current here. There is a serious situation that's going on here, which we'll talk about a little bit later, about what's going on with Bolton and why this has happened and, and all these things, which are actually very, very serious. And it's happened with many other clubs from Blackpool to, you know, to, to, to Coventry, you know, and, and, and it's kind of like, how do we get to this situation? However, for now, we're you, touching... you, we can't control that. No, no, we can't. For, for, so for now, all we're doing is that we're talking about our situation where game gets called off we can either sit at home and decide to go to B&Q on a Saturday because the game's been called off or we'll do what we're going to do anyway and go up to Bolton and then just have an adventure and as we just talked to you about this a few weeks ago 
one of the things we like to do as Brentford fans is that we find that the football does get in the way of a good day out. So you try and kick football out of football. Wherever possible. This is the ultimate kick football out of football weekend because the football was kicked out of the football, which allowed us to go up to Bolton and do what we wanted. Glorious. Just just quickly before we touch on that, I've got to ask Billy, is it just two options for your weekend? It's either football or B&Q. Are there no other alternatives? <laughs> well, there yeah, are... there's a pub. <laughs> Three. Yeah. Any more? Well, no, well, the, first, the, the pub and the football were kind of part of the same one, really. Yeah, and so, central. Yeah, so two, yeah. But luckily, <laughs> as we've heard, Billy doesn't get hangovers, but he was very tired after this yeah, weekend. Neither. The world adventure has been used. What, talk us through it. Uh, the, uh, just, just coming back to your point there, and I know, listen, that, that a lot of people out there are thinking, oh, you know, what are these guys do? Is that all you do? But the fact is that you also have to remember last game of the season or last away game of the season, that's normally sort of quite a big game for a lot of fans. If you look at what the Hartlepool fans do, every away game... And every last away game of the season, they all go in complete and utter fancy dress. This time, I think they're all dressed in this, the same superheroes outfit. So, you know, sort of like about 100 or 200 of a turn up in the same, exactly the same costume. And they have a right laugh. They've been doing it for years and years because it just becomes a bit of a tradition. Uh, West Brom, their tradition always used to be a beach party. Every single uh, last away game, they used to turn up with floats and just the whole beach thing. And that's just what they did. You know, so some people want to celebrate. So, I mean, we got on the train and there was must have been about an, another group of about 20, 25 Brentford fans who were going up there, they had their bags, they were going up there for the weekend, they booked the whole weekend, they'd actually booked the hotel oh, no. right beside the stadium as well, right beside the actual... Well, at least it had been quiet for them. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> it was a bit quiet as well. So, you know, this is what I'm trying to say is that you have so, to understand it. It's when, it. when it comes to, you know, how we enjoy our football, it's it's about the day out as well as much as and, and in a strange way we, we say this kick football out of football thing but it's almost like we knew that there'll be no heartbreak at any any stage so, so maybe this is where how traditions are, are born really so maybe from now on we just boycott yeah the instead last of going to the season the last one, yeah. we, go, we go on strike go to Bolton <laughs> yeah go to Bolton <laughs> surely yeah that's right but um but yeah but just you know just coming back to it it was uh um the the, the day like I said, we decided to, decided to go to Bolton. You know, there's other things that we could have done, you know, cinema, the kids, but, you know, decided to go to the Bolton game. Loads of bees were going up there. Um, we did a little bit of research as well to see what else was going on in the area. And to be quite honest with you, there, there weren't that many games going on as well. Preston were playing, but we we're playing Preston next week. They were playing Sheffield Wednesday. So I did actually contact my Sheffield Wednesday chums. I spoke to Tango. as Everyone knows Tango as well. Very famous Sheffield Wednesday fan. I said, we might be coming up. We'll meet you in the Moorbrook. I spoke to my P&E chums. They said, that's great. Come over. But they're coming down next week. So we thought, that's not as exciting. We've been there quite a few times. Looked at Rochdale. No, 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 no more Rochdale is what we sang the last song when we when we got promoted and we left them behind. And I just thought we can't. <laughs> is that number one next week? You know the song that you. No, 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 no more Rochdale. <laughs> um, so we decided not to go to Rochdale. And then you know uh, a lot of the Bolton fans that we that we chatted to said we're going to Chorley because it's a it, it's a top of the top of the table clash. Um, if they win, there's a potential that they actually might get promoted automatically Ooh. if Stockport lose, because Stockport were playing Nuneaton the yes. same day. And they went up, didn't they? They did in the end, because they beat Nuneaton, I think, 3-0 in the end. But that was, you know, so as all part of the... So we just thought, I'll tell you something, this is possibly as random as it can get. So we're going to kick football out of football and then kick it right back in. That's right. Wonderful, <laughs> I love <laughs> it. Were there, were there any half-and-half scarves, Bill? 
<laughs> uh, no, because it's proper football, isn't it? You know. So. Well, talking of that accent, it does sound like you were in communication at the very least with half of the north of England. How do you have friends at all of these clubs? Is it just a byproduct of having gone to away games for so many years? And do you only see your Sheffield Wednesday friends when you're in Sheffield and your Preston friends when you're in Preston, or do you meet up mid-season? How how does it work? It's it, again. Again, because we're, we're Chumley Warner type characters, we just chum when we want to. We we meet them when we can. Obviously, we we make a special effort to go to particular games. So Sheffield Wednesday, even though they charge thirty six or thirty nine quid for you to get in, which really grates at me, because you got Sheffield Wednesday mates, you 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 put yourself out to go to go to that match, and it's more in particular to go and see them than actually to go to their ground, which to be quite honest, you I think is fairly average, and and the football is probably going to be fairly average. But that's as well. been part of the besotted ethos from day one really we you know back in the early 90s we were playing football games with you know the opposition home and away for pretty much three or four seasons so it was it was all about meeting other like-minded souls sharing that football fan experience having a drink after a game of football and that's continued now we can't play football and uh, (laughs) and now we can do one or two things you know it's, it's just literally about finding someone who's like us who's, who's a Preston fan or a Sheffield Sheffield United fan and 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 just enjoying the day because that's 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 the that's the common denominator is we we love our teams and and just to answer that question as we formed like a big bond with say for example PE fans who we really really get on really well with a few weeks ago they came down they were playing Millwall so they came down to London really early always get down really early so they were in London so we were here at nine o'clock Bill we were playing Hull so basically we did a try I've been watching Line of Duty you know about triangulations don't you I do oh yeah so I did a triangulation where I got me Brentford fan are you H Bill is that oh, what's going on listen we can't tell anybody <laughs> I cannot tell anybody who the H is so there's Brentford fan meets up with PE fan, meets up with Hull City fan. So I brought them all together in King's Cross Station at 9.30 in the morning. We all met up, no one knew each other, sat down there, had a drink for an hour and a half. PE fans went off to Millwall. Hull fans went off with us to the, our game. And that's kind of how it happens. That's, that's how it, football happens in the lower leagues. Class. It's wonderful. I think Premier League fans clearly missing out. And missing out as well on a day out in Chorley. And uh, triangulation. And triangulation. And H and all the rest of it. I've got to ask you about what Chorley is like in just a moment. And we'll also be hearing from the good people of Chorley, who without a pub after the match, you improvised, which we love. We're talking markets, pubs, terraces, and of course, the Chorley game. And this is Love Sport. You're listening to the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow and Billy the B. Grant, Dave, Laney Lane and Gary G.P. Paul. Kick football out of football and go to Chorley. That's always been my motto and the guys <laughs> did just that at the weekend. They headed off to Chorley. They attended a Chorley game. They also wandered round markets, round pubs, round terraces and as ever they got you a glorious recording of the good people of Chorley enjoying their weekend. We're standing in the middle of a market sort of area. There's a market area, but there's a bar in this middle of a market area, and everyone seems to gravitate towards this bar. And apparently, it's like one of the hottest, hottest spots around. It's it's quite random, isn't it? It's the Bob Inn. It's a market in the centre of Chorley. It's fantastic. We got the Wigan. I mean, listen. So the Wigan, the Wigan posse in the house here today. And uh, listen, you know, you've decided not to go down to Birmingham today, but instead you're coming to Chorley as well, aren't you? Yeah, come to uh, Chorley. Fourth game this season play some great standard of football um going to watch the last game of the season hopefully they can do it we will meet again uh next season to be honest 
Looking at our fixtures in April, I thought it would have come down to last game against Millwall. Great performance at home against um, Norwich. And then to beat Leeds away with 10 men was quite incredible, to be honest. Hung on there. And then a good good win at uh, Easter Monday, 2-0 against Preston. So I was safe, so quite happy with that. This is Charlie, which is in between Wigan and Preston. So I think they're having a bit of a, a day of Morris dancing, which... Yeah, we don't get that in Wigan, actually. <laughs> this is a new experience to myself. And then I've got people that are here dressed in sorts, all sorts of crow, crow outfits. And... Uh, we're a Border Morris team, so we're based in Leyland in Lancashire. Um, and today is the Amoundinus Day of Dance. So there's a, a team called the Amoundinus Ladies Team, and they've organised this. So there's about 12 different Morris teams all come on into Chorley, and we're dancing in three different spots around Chorley. You know the Mighty Bees have been, well, were meant to be in town today, but unfortunately, you must have heard the Bolton Wanderers. Um, there's been a lot of shenanigans going on there, and the, and the, the game is not on today. You didn't get paid, did they? That is correct. That is the reason why, yes. You've got the knowledge, and you've got, you might be a crow, but you've got lots of knowledge. That's quite right. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we don't miss anything as crows. <laughs> I, I, I had a season ticket at Bolton Wanderers for 40 years, and about maybe eight years ago, I decided that that was enough for me. I was seeing people earning £60,000 a week, and the only way my wife will get that type of money is if I drop dead with my works pension. So I decided to start supporting my local team, Charlie, and I've never looked back. I go home and away. I meet away supporters, home supporters, everybody. And what I what you're experiencing today is what we do in non-league every week. But the way Bolton's going... It's like a sick animal that needs putting out of its misery, unfortunately. Um, they just dragged the name of the club through the dirt over the last two years. And, and for me, I don't know what's going to happen. I think they'll probably get liquidated. Um, because all the clubs who are outside the Premier League are chasing the elusive dream of being in the Premier League. Bolton were in the Premier League for, what, 11 years? And as soon as they come out of it, they spent a rack of money to try and get back in, and it's unsustainable. Bolton are symptomatic of a lot of clubs in our area, Blackburn Rovers as well, who own uh, 220 million to the Venkies in interest-free loans. They'll be the next. Bury. Not that what, but they could go bust. It's just happening to too many clubs in this area. Well, a glorious advert for Chorley as a place, a glorious advert for non-league football and a glorious advert, I have to say, for Northern Accents. It was, actually. <laughs> there, there was a, there's plentiful Northern Accents there as well. Uh, the first thing I have to say is, like I said to you, I've never been to Chorley, didn't really know too much about Chorley, didn't, and, and I know most places, been to most places in the UK, I had to sort of get the map out to find out exactly where Chorley was. Uh, I've got a good chum, a good friend, um, Sam, p fan who lives in Chorley, says he comes from Chorley, but didn't really know where it was, and so we just went there on the cuff, and I have to say the people there were, were really friendly, really hospitable, it was a really nice place. They said to us, when you go there, you'll be welcome with open arms. We literally walked into the first pub, and everyone's like, hey, how you doing? You know, and they were just, it, honestly, it was like one of those ones where you just thought, cool, blimey, why did we... When he came in last night, you know, so <laughs> it was it was very very good. And um, what was really interesting as well, people didn't mind. You know, uh, you, you you sometimes have to test your waters when you when you get your microphone out and you start talking to people. Mm. But you know, you went up to them and said, "Look, do you mind? You know, I'd really like to just get your views on on Bolton Wanderers. Want to get your views on Chorley?" And they were so happy just to just let it out and just let you know. And there's a lot of warmthness there. And and as you can hear from the Bolton fan that we've just heard as well. And we, like I said, we'll go into this a little bit more a little bit later as well when we speak to, to Paul, the Bolton fan. But, you know, for him, he just was, he's fed up. 
Um, and, you, and you can imagine as a football fan, after a while you just get fed up. He just said, look, you know, after a while I just had to move on. I had to get a season ticket. I decided probably that non-league was probably a little bit more real football than what I've seen. Um, he felt that the big money had spoiled the game. Um, and, uh, and and he also felt that the club was being, you know, his, his views, I'm just reflecting it, was being dragged into the dirt by um, by numerous things that happened. And also it basically overspent. It overspent to try and kind of keep up with the big time, to keep up with the big boys. Um, and, it, and it's cost them a lot of problems. And it's interesting because, you know, what he's been saying is... <laughs> We all get caught in this little trap. We we're here in the we're in the Premier League, you know, in the in the Championship as well. And we talk about the fact that you know we need to go to the Premier League. Um, the way that we are we're built, we can't afford to um to to pay what you know what we're spending. We're spending more than we're actually getting in, but we've got a benefactor that is holding us up. But at the end of the day, if we actually don't get where we're going to be going, in effect, we'll owe a lot of money to that benefactor. Now, you know. The word is, you know, and we know Matt Benham, he says that, you know, he's not going to drag the club down because of it. And we could say that's fine. But if you look at it as a business, it's not really a great business model, you know. So what you've got is that you've got the sort of kind of drawing for these big jewels up in the sky and everyone's throwing money at it. And we're not that bad compared to your Derby Counties and your Aston Villas. I mean, Aston Villa, I think if they don't go up this season, I think they're in all sorts of trouble, you know. We talked about, you know, Derby County who've just sold their ground. We talked about that. They were 55 million in the red in one season. But they sold the ground for 80 million to put themselves 15 million in the black. Now, how how can this work? So all of a sudden, you've got a situation where you're going to get dominoes, things falling down, and obviously fans. You don't switch from one team to the next to the next. Okay, you you might go from a league team to a non-league team because you feel that you know you you, you I, I see at Dulwich Hamlet, whereas they've got a lot of league fans there who've decided that they're fed up with the way that football's been run at a, a higher level, so they want to go down to non-league, which is much more real. So. It, it was it was really interesting to sort of kind of see the reflection, but from a northern perspective, because obviously, as a southern fan, we we hear it from people down south. But um, I, I, you know, it 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 was a, it was a bit of an eye opener. It has to be said, and it was really nice to sort of just catch up with people and just get their get their views. Yeah, you know, and we've said it a couple of times already tonight. We we do feel desperately sorry for the Bolton Wanderers fans. You know, they 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 don't deserve this. Um, Do you see the club as a cautionary tale, Dave? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately for them, they've been through this two or three times recently. You know, they've, they've sold the ground, they've sold the car park, they've, they've been bought out or they've had, like, restructuring two or three times and and they've got nothing left now. So, so you know, it's an unsustainable business model that they've been running since they got demoted from the Premier Division and, you know, OK, they had well, their 10, 12, 13 years, they had whatever, however long it was in the top flight and of course you get used to it and of course you you, you believe you start to believe that it's your it's your rightful place to be but you know anyone that knows anything about football it is cyclical and apart from probably five or six clubs who will always be there because they're never going to be that bad that they, they're going to get relegated no one's got the divine right to stay there and and you you have to be able to cope with that and you we've, we've seen you know like Fulham for this for this year they thought they could spend their way into to, to, mm. to stay in there and, and they haven't and it's going to be fascinating to see how they cope with life back in the championship after spending 100 mil but with, with Bolton in particular um, there, there seems to be a, um, a, a real grassroots kind of working class mentality there where the, the the traditional fan didn't actually demand premiership football what what that what they did what they hoped for was 
their their football club, the club that they grew up supporting, would 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 survive that that ethos, that vibe of a football club. And I think they've a lot of them feel they've lost that. And and I think that that's the that's the precautionary tale for for most fans is that careful what you wish for. Premier League, great, but not at the cost of your your identity, the DNA of your football club. The thing is, with most fans, I mean, more off the, most fans, what we want is we want to support a successful side. You know, yeah, we want to, you know, we want to go to Crawley and have a good weekend. But ultimately, <laughs> we, we, you know, we go watch football because we want to have a successful side. When you've got clubs spending a lot of money and you're not, that becomes very, very, very difficult to do. Mm. Um, so what you're getting is you're getting guys sitting there you're watching sitting there watching while your best players leave to go to x x team or y team that team becomes successful then there's more pressure on owners managers etc to deliver and one of the ways they will try and do that is by spend by spending money to compete with those guys that have been taking their players and therefore they can offer better contracts keep players but they seem to forget there's a sport and there are intangibles that you can't just buy. You know, you'll like we found with Belland, we bought him, and in his very first game, he did his knee and was out for a yeah. year. Expectation and and fans demanding success can can really bite you, and that's that's why sometimes you need to keep yourselves grounded and you have to kind of focus on what your club's about and um you know what success what could success could actually cost. So you, you need to do things and get promoted at the right time. I think the problem is uh, this, and I'll think about this quite a lot, I and mean, this can go into a lot, lot deeper conversation. And I mean, like I said to you, maybe we'll talk about this uh, and then we'll come back about it in a minute. It's about, it's very, very easy, I think, for some of these clubs to spend, spend, spend. Again, I keep talking about people like Aston Villa, talk about Leeds United, talk about, you know, Derby County. It's very, very easy for them to spend and keep their fingers crossed. It's like being at the roulette table and hoping it comes in, you know, putting it on black and hoping it comes in. And then you start getting the casualties and it starts going horribly wrong. The clubs or some of the clubs will turn around and say, you shouldn't be able to stop me spending. If I want to go and spend X amount of money. I want to ruin myself. Then I should be allowed to do that. And I'm just sort of thinking, well, you know, for the better good of the game, actually, maybe that's not quite a good thing. And maybe they should be getting together and the authorities saying, actually, no. No, if you can't if you can't help yourself, it's like a kid. You know what I'm saying? When you put a kid well, you in the shop, a kid have all the sweets. That's it right. Wants, do you? If you can't hold yourself back, we are going to stop you. So tell you what, all you lot here, this is it. There's the cap. This is how much you can spend. Let's see what you could do with that. Because to be honest with you, just because you pay a player five times as much money doesn't mean that, that player is five times as good. It just mm. means you paid him five and, times as and, much and money. And we, we might find ourselves in a situation this summer where we, you know, we might get offers in for Neil Morpay, we're going to get offers in for Cameron Makocho, for Romain Sawyers, for Watkins, whoever. And the temptation is going to be, well, we might as well spend whatever it takes to keep them. Mm. But no. Yeah. I mean, this, this, is the perfect, this is the perfect example of if they want to go that much, then you might have to let them for the, for the good of the football club. Absolutely. Bolton are a cautionary tale. It must be a very tough time to be a Bolton fan. We'll be speaking to one, of course, later in the show. Paul from Proud Wanderers will be talking. I'm sure he's not had the best of weeks. And we'll be chatting to him very shortly. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow and Billy the Bee Grant, Dave Laney Lane and Gary GP Paul. And I'm delighted to say we're also joined on the line by Bolton fan Paul from Proud Wanderers. Evening, Paul. Thanks ever so much for joining us. 
must be a very, very tough time to be a Bolton fan. It hasn't been the best of weeks, but I'm delighted to be speaking on Love Sport, Love Chorley, which is the new name of the channel. <laughs> yeah, the Chorley Fan Show, Paul. The Chorley Fan Club. <laughs> that's Sponsored right. Sponsored by Chorley Marketing Department. <laughs> that's, that's right. Or, or maybe just Chorley Market, mate, you know. <laughs> Chorley. That Chorley market. Visits Why Chorley. Not? Is it? <laughs> yeah, that there. So, hello, Paul, mate. How are you doing? I'm doing well, it's thank been... you. Despite, despite the cautionary tales and definitely being careful for what you wish for. Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, listen. I mean, let's just go back to Saturday. I mean, we when we got up to the we got up to Bolton on Saturday, as you know, and we actually had to we had to go down to the ground to see what was going on. We actually popped into the uh, popped into the foyer and we, spoke up the security guys. Who I don't to, think had been paid either. Had they? No, I don't think they had been paid. They were very friendly. Yeah. They were very nice, and I think that you know if they could have done, they would have actually let us into the pitch, so we could have we could have actually found the seat that we were meant to be sitting in. But you know, like I said, joking aside, it is a serious situation and. It's one of these situations which has obviously happened to yourself. But, you know, I'm just going to ask you, could you have foreseen this as happening, seeing, you know, who was in charge of your club? Yes. And I think I think a lot of fans sitting around listening to this are thinking, and it could quite happen to our club as well, really. Um, fairly dodgy owner, really. You seem to come in as a bit of a, a knight on a white, white horse, sorting it all out. But if you can't make ends meet... If your incomings are still greater than your, if your outgoings are still greater than your incomings, then it's not much of a business model, really, is it? I mean, no, it's not much of a business model. But you know, it's for football fans that they're not necessarily always equipped to be able to sort of to 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 know the ins and outs of the running of the football club. There's so much. There's a trust there. One hundred and twenty percent of their turnover on salaries to get out of the championship. But, but what I'm saying is, like, you know, the, you, the Football League has to then step in or, or be, be more vigilant in its... In its and in and its, do what? Take nine points off Birmingham City? Well, you know, we're going to sort of like... We're, we're, the, the punishments and all that will, will happen and the repercussions will happen during, during the close season, I, I would imagine. But the, the here and now is, like, how, how does your club continue to operate and, and how are you going to get to the end of the season now with either fulfilling your fixtures or what happens with these two fixtures? You know, the, 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 the survival of your football club hopefully won't be liquidated. We, we'll be in a situation where you'll, you'll be able to restructure for next season. But how do we get through these next few days? How do we get through to the weekend? It's, a like, it's like a, a nightmarish version of question of sport, isn't it? What happens next? Really? Mm. Sue Barker and, and stuck in a lift with Sue Barker. Lord only knows what. Is that is that more is that is that more of a nightmare being stuck in the lift well, with Sue Barker? I've heard she's say, lovely. Really. I've, I've she's, heard she's, she's a lovely. lovely. Person. <laughs> Paul, um, Paul we're we're hearing about the possibility of a takeover. Of course, former Watford owner Bassini, and he seems to be yeah. confident that that game against Brentford is going to happen in the next week. Do you think that All that's likely? All I could say to that one is, would you buy a used car from that man? Well, I, I know somebody who's done a bit of business with him, and he, I don't think he'd buy another, <laughs> I don't think he'd buy another used car from anybody. We'll buy another one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I cannot see. I don't know whether the game's going to be played this week. It's certainly not fair on you guys to say within less than forty-eight hours. Oh, by the way, we're playing on Wednesday. Um, if the players don't get paid, they're not playing. 
The staff haven't got paid, so they're not working. The stadium won't open because we can't get a safety certificate. Um, what happens next? I honestly don't know. There is, a, there is a strong chance that we might disappear. Well, I think that's a bit of an extreme. Um, the EFL popped up three weeks ago saying, oh, they're all, all happy and content and everything's tickety-boo with the club and they'll manage to get to the end of the season. So there's questions about them. So, Paul, you tell me. Hello. So, Paul, oh, it's Gary here. Um, so, um, is Bassani um, the only? Is that is he really the only option for the club to continue? Are there any? It's, it's sorry to interrupt. It, no, it is hard to tell with Ken Ken Anderson, who's our current owner, who said, who basically is a bit like saying a spade is a spade, and then comes up as he looks like a bit of a shovel. Because it's you, you don't really know for spades or spades except when it's a shovel. You don't know. Um, it's a good club. You, you intimated at the beginning of the of the piece that there were nice guys there. They've let you in. Bolton's a nice place. It's a family club. It is a good club. It's a nice family club. It's nearly 150 years old. You know, we've not lasted 150 years for nothing. So there's something around... What I mean, something is only worth what something something is going to somebody is going to pay, isn't it? Like a house, you yeah. know. And so, it, so maybe his maybe his price is too high. There's been in there's been suggestions there are other buyers, but then they've all kind of materialized, um, not materialized. Bassini, I wouldn't trust as far as I can throw it, which isn't far. Um, I would hope to think that there are that there are other buyers around there. In an ideal world that we don't live in, but in an ideal world, I'd like the club to be owned by its, by the fans. And why can't we have a Bundesliga model where the fans own most of it? The club doesn't spend more than X. Uh, they need to need to meet all its commitments in a financial year. It doesn't stop the Bundesliga being a, a, a successful league. No, it's a very good point, Paul, and we could we could the, the, copy them in other ways. There's a potential for a winter break as well, which some say no, would improve. Absolutely, but more more on the way they treat their fans, really, and the fans are at the heart of the club. And there's something that's gone wrong, I think, on a wider point in football over the last. Can I blame Sky? Oh yeah, let's blame Sky. Um, since Sky Money came in and ruined the game, that the, it's kind of lost its moral compass and. Big clubs don't give us stuff about the little ones, and, and medium-sized clubs are desperately trying to get to be big-sized clubs, so they don't have to give us stuff about the little ones either. No, absolutely. And you talk about hearts of clubs. Very troubling that the heart of Bolton Wanderers is currently at risk. That's something we're going to touch on more with you, Paul, in just a moment. This is Love Sport. It's the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. We've been talking about the very nature of football, whether it's at risk with Bolton fan Paul from Proud Wanderers. We're going to go back to him in just a moment. But when we're talking about the heart of clubs, about football being for fans, about football not being spoilt perhaps by TV money, there is no better place to look than non-league football. And with that in mind, let's hear a bit more from the good people of Chorley. You were a Man City fan, Man is that right? Moment away. Moment away, before they got money. I mean, why did you change? I changed because 
it was a case of I'm not a walking ATM anymore. I want to be a football used to be. When you pitch up and you have a pint and you have a fag and you have a chat with your mates, it doesn't matter what colour you wear. It's about the about the experience. And the experience is gone now in the, in the higher level football. It's all gone. It's all corporate. They're obscene wages. We're talking about a team here that I followed that they're on three, four hundred quid a week. It's going back to the two pints and a bag of crystal. They, they want to win for the team and the club, not for the wage back at the end of the week. When we have, I've chipped a toenail, I'm having four months off. They'll turn out and get back to that sort of football, that sort of attitude. <laughs> This is mad. This is what mad. I'm, I'm standing among the I'm, I'm standing amongst the Bradford Park Avenue fans, and they they're absolutely delighted with Bradford. You know what I'm saying? Listen, listen. <laughs> they're thinking with Bradford fans and we're having a laugh. Listen, and this has not been orchestrated. This was just off, completely off the pop. Completely off the pop. <laughs> Remember the Brentford game from 1970? Was that right? Tell me about that game. No, 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 no. 1969-70. Yes, I, I certainly remember that Griffin Park. Fifteen of us Bradford Park Avenue fans went, went in the Brentford end. Come in the pub here, and, 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 and the owners said to us, "Oh, I was saying Brentford. I was at the Brentford game." He wasn't at the Chorley game. He wasn't at the. It wasn't it, nothing to do with anything. But he's. Of February this year. He was showing us the so tickets from the road, game, yeah. and he's come down there because he's a Blackburn fan, and that's he went right, to the yeah. game. So and I've listen, got, got to say hello, man. I'm yeah. going to ask you. And he yeah. said, "Hello, did you enjoy yourself at Brentford?" Uh, I thought they were shocking for the first ten minutes, and then absolutely brilliant for the rest of the match. So uh, couldn't grumble with the result on the day. We fell apart. But... I'm not using that as an excuse, you were worthy winners. People saying the usual questions, what are you doing here? So we're getting our football fix, we're meeting people, we're doing what Brentford do. Get out there, see people, have a good time and enjoy the football. UBs. UBs. I've chipped a toenail, I'm having four months off. <laughs> wonderful stuff, really wonderful stuff from the good people of Chorley, reminding us, Billy, what football should be about. Indeed, indeed. And if you want to check that out as well, go to prideofwest.london. That's where the Besotted podcasts are. And you can catch the full 30 minutes of glory of that. It was quite hard to sort of chop that up and trying to get that into sort of kind of minuscules. No, you did a great job. Today. Thanks. A lot more Morris dancing action. <laughs> a lot more Morris dancing in crows. But yeah, it was a great, like I said, it was a great day. But it was interesting as well because... Tell you what was interesting as well. Obviously, we met the Charlie fans, the Burton fans, the, the Wigan fans, Man City fans, but we also met Bradford Park Avenue fans as well, and they were so friendly. And also, what was interesting is that um, I showed them, you know, one of my mates, Johnny Hudson, who uh, Lainey knows as well. We'd gone up there, and um, I sort of mentioned them. Do you know Hudson used to play for them? And apparently, I think his name's Sam Hudson. He was an absolute hero for Bradford Park Avenue in the 70s. Like, he, he almost played for England. He got injured. And I was like, you know, carried head high because I knew this guy. And I, his mate was one of my good mates. So that was quite interesting. But we're talking about Bradford Park Avenue as well. Bradford Park Avenue played Brentford in 1970, as you heard the guy remembered the last time they played Brentford and Brentford got promoted after that. And then uh, three years later, Bradford went into liquidation. 
and they were no more. They had to reform and they had to start up at a very, very low level. That's when Cambridge United took their place that's, in the Football League. That's then. right. And they, they, they rose all the way up doing like AFC Wimbledon done. And as you heard in the, in the long video that we have, the guy just says, this means so much to us. The fact that, you know, we were so low down, but now we're only two divisions below Bradford City now. It's taken us so long to get there, but it really meant a lot to them. Now... You can see the journey that these guys have had. We've got Paul on the phone here. Now, I'm not indicating this at all, but Bolton are in a bit, bit, bit of a pickle at the moment, Paul. Um, a, bit of, a little bit of a pickle. They are. And uh, I is, mean, is, I, is this your Bradford Park Avenue moment? <laughs> that's <laughs> right. I'm just wondering, I mean, I went to AFC Wimbledon, one of their very first games where they decided to reform and start at the bottom. Would this be something that you would advocate if you wanted to get the, the soul back and just get, retain control of your club? Are you sending us to Milton Keynes? Absolutely <laughs> not. Is, is that what is that what you really mean? Absolutely. No, but it's, it's about it's, it's, it's about starting <laughs> from it's, it's about roundabout in Runcorn. It's about starting. But <laughs> I think what Billy means is it's about starting from the bottom. If you if you want to keep Bolton Wanderers and you want to keep the Trotters, it, it might mean that you have to go back into the non-league and start again. Is that is that something you would consider? That would be like. Having the flu and getting a full blood transfusion, wouldn't it? Really, it, it's like well, it's not really. Not, you, I mean, you're not fulfilling your fixtures well, now. To you know, it, it, it is at that stage. You know, well, if, if you're in denial, yet, you, you, you know, you're going to get hurt even more. Well, I don't think we're in denial that we're the club's in a mess, and I don't think we're in denial that we missed a fixture on Saturday. I don't know whether we are going to fulfil our fixtures. I would very much hope so. Um, if we don't, then that's down to the EFL to decide what what punishment we get. And that could mean being um, exposed from the league, whether that means that we drop into the conference or we end up playing Charlie and Bradford Park Avenue next season or worse. I really don't know. I would hope it doesn't come to that. I think the punishment would be severe. Um I must say, as a general boat, as a general football fan, then then you kind of think that could that could have happened to a that could happen to a club, and it could have happened over the last ten to fifteen years, really. Like every football fan, you hope it doesn't happen to your club, of course. Um, but but one club's been tottering on the brink for the last fifteen years, hasn't it? Really. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, we're not saying this. We're, in, we're not, we're not, you know, implying this has got to happen. To Milton Keynes. No, we're just, but basically, we're just, you know, we're having a conversation here. We're trying to find out, you know, you, your club's in the predicament, and we're just saying, you know, at the, also the problem is that there's a lot of sticky plasters that happen with in a lot of these situations. You know, you might have had Portsmouth had, you know, had problems. Late Norton yeah. had problems, and they keeps trying to stick plasters on it, and it doesn't actually solve the situation. And what I'm kind of asking you is that. How do you think this situation could be resolved? Because it's it's very easy to say, well, we're not sure, sure but it's going to get to one stage where it's going to be like, we need to go left, we need to go right, we need, you know, one of three things to happen. And, um, you know, we're happy with one, we're happy with two, we're not happy with three. And I'm just wondering, how do you think in the long term this could be solved? In the long term... The financial model which all our clubs are wedded into, I don't think is sustainable and I don't think is is 
is the right way forward. But that's that's kind of a vague answer to something quite specific. I would rather my club exist than not exist. And if that meant existing in in Conference North, then so be it. Um, I don't think we need to get there because because we are a reasonably well. This is sounds daft, but we are not a badly run club. We are just not. The owner's not putting any money into it. And I don't think he's putting money into it because he wants to sell it. So he's saying to the prospective owner, here, have it at a lower price and pay these debts. And the other owner isn't that new owner's not appearing. Um, I think we will fulfil our fixtures. I think the, the club will get sold. Uh, we will be in League One next season. And I would hope that that would give us a for the umpteenth time, for at least the third time in six years, another benchmark, wipe the slate clean and set up with a more sustainable financial package going forward. Right. That's what That would be option A. Well, Paul, you're certainly remaining optimistic, which is a good well, thing to be. Well, you've got to. You're a footballer. It's the hope that kills you, isn't it? <laughs> right, yeah. but it the is hope a... that always kills you, Johnny. It's yeah. very true. It's a tough time to be a Bolton fan, but you are staying positive, and we like that. We also really appreciate your time, Paul. Good Thanks. luck with it, Paul. Good yeah. luck, Thanks mate. Thanks for yeah, joining us. Best Paul. of luck. Yeah. That is Bolton fan Paul from Proud Wanderers. And coming up here on the Brentford Fan Show, from one end of the championship to the other, from one type of footballing fortune to another we're going to Sheffield Sheffield United secured promotion to the Premier League and the party still hasn't stopped this is Love Sport you're listening to the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me Johnny Burrow and Billy the Bee Grant Dave Lady Lane and Gary G Paul of G people I do apologize Gary Gary G people of Besotted and I'm delighted to say we're also joined on the line by Ian from United Limited it's a promotion United United Ite. United Ite. I yes. do apologize it's my writing it's, it's, <laughs> it must be but that's okay too Ian, long, you're... spent too long in Chorley didn't I <laughs> you're here you're with us you're promoted you must be delighted absolutely over the moon um just been bouncing around since the weekend really it's um we had a good feeling going into Saturday, um, Saturday night. It was a weird, bit of a weird feeling, you know, beating Ipswich and all mathematically there, but not confirmed. And then a uh, great night out Saturday night in the streets of Sheffield celebrating and then uh, sat and watched Leeds yesterday and had it all confirmed. Superb. It's more than we dreamed of at the start of the season, really. Listen, uh, hey, Ian, it's Billy. Hey, mate, how are you doing? I'm good, Billy. How are you? Yeah, that's just good, man. I know that you were sort of incommunicado. You were just out of contact for a long period of time, and uh, I don't blame you. So, <laughs> mate, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, especially after yesterday. But um, listen, I'm going to have to rewind the clock back exactly seven days, if you don't mind, because I yeah, just want to know you and all your chums, you must have been sitting in front of the TV somewhere. Where did you watch the Brentford versus Leeds United match? <laughs> I, actually, I was around at my dad's. Um, it, it, I went round to spend a the, the afternoon watching the match with him, um, massive Blades fan, obviously got me into the watching United, and it was just you know we'd had our result early in the day, and just I just stayed around there and watched it with him. Um, I got friends dotted around, all watching, all watching, glued to the sets, all on the WhatsApp group, all kind of messaging each other. But it's one of these things like, but that's that kind of age now where I, I want to share these kind of moments with him when I can, and uh, yeah, just didn't quite know what to expect from the Brentford side who. 
I think, did you have anything really to play for at that point? It was quite an outside chance, wasn't it, still at that point? No, there's nothing, uh, absolutely nothing to <laughs> yeah. play for. Well, apart from but, the beat but, Except for beating yeah. Leeds. <laughs> beat Leeds, which is, which, is, which is always sweet, wherever you are. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed with the way Brentford went about it that day. And, and, and Leeds, Leeds just lacked so much that they just looked broken at the end. And that gave me so much hope coming into this weekend. I think you broke Leeds. And that, that, that'll do for me. I think I think well, Wigan did the week before. But, but Ian, you know, to, to, after spending so many years in, in the third tier, um, you know, yeah. it looked like you, you, know, you, you were languishing there. It, 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 you know, obviously, you were, you were a very big fish in, a, in, a, in, a, in that pond. And it seemed like you weren't going to get out. And then to, to get back into the championship, um, a lot of people thought you were going to struggle, but you, you really had a brilliant first season. And instead of it being a one-season wonder, you, you, you built on that and you, you went yeah. again, you improved. It, it, it must be a, f- a fantastic feeling to, to have got your mojo back at, at, at Bramwell Lane. Yeah, it's, it's a mojo that just, it's just permeating the club. You know, the, the, the impact of Chris Wilder is probably unlike the impact I've seen from any manager probably since Dave Bassett, you know, going back to the late 80s, early 90s. And obviously Wilder played under Bassett at that time, but there's a kind of unity uh, within the club, within the fan base that, you know, players come and go, he moves players on, but they don't leave with any ill feeling towards the manager or the club. Um, the players who are here, uh, it's just a togetherness. Um, you may have seen online some of the videos coming out of the celebrations yesterday, which I'm, I'm amazed if any of them sober up for next Sunday, to be honest. But um, there is something about this team and, and the way they are together that I, I put down to some superb man management as well as obviously some you know tactically astute football management from uh, Chris Wilder and Alan, and Alan Hill. Yeah. So, so Ian, um, crystal ball time. Now the, the job <laughs> is done. What do you see yep. happening next season? How do you see it going? I, it, we was we were actually discussing this on Saturday night after a few beers, so I'll probably give a more lucid response now. But I think um, I think Chris will stick with the style of play that's got us where we are. I don't think he'll want to change that. I think he'll if if we're going to go out, we'll go out all guns blazing. Um, really, honestly, depends on who we sign. Um, you would probably strengthen straight down the spine of that team to start with, but it's about finding players that that fit the way God is playing. So. Fingers crossed. Uh, I, I think we, we, we're capable of surviving. Whether what we do beyond that, who knows? And it it, it really depends. And like I say, on uh, who we strengthen. Um, can we have more pay? <laughs> <laughs> thirty mil. Thirty mil. You can. You've already yeah. got three of them. Thirty mil. <laughs> just just going to pass it. Yeah. But um, listen, Ian. I mean. I mean, you obviously went up, you know, but you know, this is Sheffield, your Brentford. Um, you've been the Brentford team in there as well as you've got sort of three Brentford players that have uh, got promoted with you as well. And there was a very yeah. interesting tweet from John Egan as well when you got promoted, as he tweeted out Brentford rejects and started laughing a photograph of him and Jack O'Connell. And uh, Brentford yeah. fans out there, as you know, John Egan was moved on to yourself. We thought it was some from some good money, but we thought he was replaceable. Yeah. Um, Jack O'Connell couldn't even get in the side in, in, in front of uh, Harley Dean as well. And he just yeah. thought, I'm not having any of this. So he's, uh, he's, he went off to Sheffield United. And, you know, listen, I'm a Brentford fan, but we could talk about, you know, turn around and say that they're, uh, they're definitely laughing. They're the ones that are laughing now. Um, how good have they been for United? Um, 
I think Jack O'Connell obviously came came up out of League One with us and has been probably one of the most consistent players over the last three seasons. I mean, we had a difficult choice of picking a player of the season. It could have been any one of five or six players and both O'Connell and Egan would have been up for it. I think Egan struggled the first few games. The, the decent price tag by our standards um, around his neck and, and just struggled at first, probably for first handful of games to settle into the formation. But since then, he was actually my nomination for player of the season. Um, an absolute rock at the back. And if you look at our record of clean sheets, that's down to two players, two, well, three players really, Basham, O'Connell and Egan, the back three who still maraud forward but give us such solidity at the back. And the key to that for me is is, is John Egan in the middle. And, and, and there's just an irony there because, you know, we have defensive problems and we sold Egan on. And we still yeah. got defensive problems. We're not having to go at our defenders, we're saying, but there's an irony that you've yeah. gone on and won the league with a very strong defence yeah. and, and maybe we need to maybe look at something else tactically or something like that. Um, yeah. Hold on to those players. In best of luck for the Premier League. Thanks ever so much for talking yeah, to, enjoy you, it. to us. Lovely having no, you on the line. Ian there from United. Right. Uh, great season. I was going to say, David McGoldrick. We've seen in the form of him and Timo Pukki, strikers in the championship come out of nowhere really this season mm. when no one really expects them to do it. And McGoldrick, player of the year, Pukki, of course, golden boot. Would you be hopeful that if more pay were to go in the summer that you would be able to find an adequate replacement from the shadows? Yeah, well, the the last the last half a decade has shown us that you know our recruitment and the way we the way we sort of forecast talent and the ability to to buy in from leagues around Europe and um, be able to sort of mould them into how we expect them to to perform based on based on experience we should be confident they don't get it right every time. It would be quite nice for us to keep hold of um, two or three of these, more pay being one of them. But, you know, every time someone leaves, we, we have this meltdown and, um, you know, somewhat, someone emerges from the shadows and, and, and you know, they're, they're an OK replacement. But I, think we, I, think it's, I think we've come to a stage now where we probably have to maybe try and push the, 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 the wage structure so we can keep one or two. Maybe uh, the thing is, even if we're even if players aren't aren't going to be moving on, we have to be looking at improving that team. We look at the table where what ninth from bot, you know, we're, we're in the bottom half of the table. You know, we're we're in fifteenth place, and that's not where we want to be. So there, you know, you can't say that there isn't room for improvement in that team. So you need to consider moving some of these players on. I mean, it's hundred percent what you're saying. I mean, we've got to we've got a we have to expand because the fact is that even though we're delighted with the football that we play, we go and beat Leeds, we beat all these teams, you know, Aston Villa. I mean, you know, you speak to, you know, some of the players and they'll turn around and they'll say to you, you know, yeah, oh, we're great. And they go, we finished 15th. I think the players know they finished 15th. So at the end of the day, you may say how brilliant you are, but at the end of the day is that if you're at the end of the season, you're 15th, the players, and I'm thinking the players are thinking, we finished 15th and maybe, you know, and Egan's gone off and he's, he's in the Premier League, you know, so... We, what do we need? They'll all be thinking. What do we need to do to actually kind of get this 
to a, to another level. And I'll also say about Scott Hogan. Scott Hogan, what we did is, don't forget, is that Andre Gray, 18 goals he scored for Brentford. Then Scott Hogan came a little bit more, and I think he scored about 14 or 15 goals in half a season. And then after that, we've got Neil Malpay. So we actually increase our goal scorers every time we sign one. So the next one will be scoring 40 goals a season. Absolutely. Remember that the podcast goes live Thursday, 7am, prideofwest.london, and you can get tickets for the match on Sunday as well. In a week where we broke toenails and had four months off, it's been a glorious Brentford fan show. You'll have to join us next week. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.